Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. I knew all the artists people used to call, and, and I can tell them who was on the radio and what project it was on. And, and so I, um, they actually didn't want to hire me. They said they weren't hiring. And I just kept going back every day. And then they hired me. <laughs> and, um, and then, I don't know if that works today. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and then a brother, this brother here came in and he was looking for um, some praise and worship. Um, at the time, um, um, the church that he attended, which I also attended, but I left and went to another church. And uh, he, want, he wanted some praise. And do you remember this? Praise and worship. Gary Oliver. I don't know if y'all know who Gary Oliver is. He used to have these um, Carmen Ministries presents high praises, high praise one, two. I have it somewhere. I got to pull it out. And um, so this brother came. He's like, I want to. He had an earring in his ear. He said, I want to. Um, I want some Christian music. And wh where did I take you? To the Christian rap. <laughs> He's like, no, nah, I don't want that. I want some praise and worship. I came out of that, and I don't want that. And, um, and so I took him to Gary Oliver, and um, the Lord spoke to me inside of my heart. He says, um, be his friend. And I thought that was strange. And so I invited him out to my church, and then the rest of history, years and years later, we, we did ministry and the prison ministry. And we went to Shadow Mountain, which was a youth facility, Trouble Youth. So we were preaching the gospel with a bunch of um, children, teenagers who were either abused or suicidal or, or demon-possessed. And we would preach and pray for them. And, and then on the weekends, we would go down to um, Mac Alfred Correctional Center and minister to um, people in prison. And, um, and we traveled. We, we flowed in tongues and interpretation and and sometimes he would get a word of knowledge, and then I would minister the healing. One time, the, the, the story I always tell about the deaf ear, y'all remember hearing that, praying for it? Well, he got the word of knowledge of that. He says, someone, we were praying before the service, he says, someone's going to be deaf, and God's going to open their ears. And I was like, okay, that's nice, spiritual, right? Uh, spiritual ears. And uh, so we get in the service, and he says, there's someone who's deaf in here. He got the word of knowledge, and um, the person came forth, and he said, Dwayne, you go lay hands on them. I laid hands on them, and God opened their ear, just like that. So that's the type of relationship that we have. Um, he has a beautiful wife um, uh, for how many years? 18? 18 years. I can't believe that. Um, he looks the same that he did, just maybe a tad older. And uh, he has, he's, the Lord has blessed him with five children. <laughs> Glory to God. The oldest is 16, 17. 16, um, and then the youngest is one, two, almost three. Oh, I missed that. <laughs> so I only met one, all right? We met two, okay. And his wife can make the best cream of wheat in the world. <laughs> Nothing to compare. He used to live in Colorado. He pastored for five years. Um, we, we go, I mean, just, you want to know stories, just ask him. Um, I, I was, we were roommates, and I mean, and then we had women who liked, who I liked, and but they liked him because <laughs> I was too churchy. You know, this is kind of crazy. We got stories for days. One, one lady, um, one lady, um, touch, one lady, oh, he, he was, um, I think he was giving somebody 
um, money or no, a change or something. And the lady thought that the Lord spoke to her, that that was his, her husband. I mean, just, you remember that crazy, we got stories for years. I mean, I mean, you just, I mean, we were wild. We, we, I remember one time we went, I'm gonna, this is the last story. Um, we went and we were coming from um, North Tulsa, which was like the hood. And we saw a bunch of kids in, in a parking lot, about 12 kids. And we stopped the car and began to preach Jesus to them. All 12 of them got saved. But you know we didn't stop there, right? And then we said, y'all need the Holy Ghost. <laughs> and we prayed for the 12 young men. And I think they were maybe gang affiliated. I don't, I'm not sure. And um, they were doing something they had no business doing. But all 12 of them spoke in tongues and was crying. We left them in the parking lot crying, speaking in tongues. So we did, we, we, that, that was our, our trademark. I mean, just wherever we went, ministering, ministering, getting people saved, filled. And then we started um, investing. We, we had like a, a ministry called the, the Righteous Ministry, right? Righteous Ministries. It wasn't incorporated, but we didn't know about that. We just took the name. <laughs> we would buy Bibles. And then one day, Brad, he was like, I, I got, got the revelation. We need to sow the word. I said, that's what we're doing. He said, no, we need to sow the physical word. So we started buying Bibles and giving it out to everybody. So we were sowing the physical word. So, so many stories. So I want y'all to welcome him. He, the Lord is blessed. Um, there's a scripture I actually had for, to, that, as I was thinking about Brad, Minister Brad. Um, um, I call him Righteous B, which is Righteous Brad, because they used to call him Bad Brad in the world. <laughs> so I, I said, you're righteous now. <laughs> um, Proverbs 28, verse 20, this is definitely him. A faithful man will abound with blessings, but whoever hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. This young man, um, he's only a couple years younger than me. Um, this young man it has been faithful, um, faithful to number one, to God, number two, to his wife, and number three, to his children. Faithful, and he works hard. I can, we probably talk once every two months, maybe. I always get his voicemail. <laughs> so, um, but he's always busy, and the Lord has just blessed him. So I want y'all to receive him today. The Lord got a word for us. and So welcome, my friend Brad, all the way from Arizona. Amen. Amen. You don't need this. I'm sorry. That's a water for you. Amen. Where the music, where the, hey, I'm on, okay. Let's see, where the musicians go? You didn't let me sing today or what? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's one right there. <laughs> well, God is good. Uh, I'm thankful to be here. I appreciate, um, I don't want to get emotional. This is family, you know. I appreciate the seeds God is sown. God is good. God is good. Hallelujah. We just lift our hands for a moment. God is good. God is good. Great are you, Lord. Greatly to be praised. Great are you, Lord. Great are you, Lord, and greatly to be praised. We magnify you.
great are you, Lord. Can you sing that again? It's your breath in our lungs. We pour out our praise, pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our Say that again. Say, great are you, Lord. Oh, great are you, Lord. Oh, you're great, Lord. You're great and greatly to be praised. We magnify you, Jesus. We glorify you. You're a good God. You're a gracious God. You're a merciful God. You're a faithful God. You're faithful, Lord Jesus. Great are you, Lord. Great are you, Lord. Great are you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Great are you, Lord. You're great. You're great. Hallelujah. The emotion you see is thankfulness. It's been nine years since I've been back here. The last time I was here was for Brother Johnny's funeral. Even as we were at the, the banquet last night and saw the slideshow and just seeing him and you know knowing what that man invested in me and Duane will tell you we'd come out and we'd fly in and always be some crazy late flight and we'd come in and I'd stay up till morning with his father and just pull from him and when I began having kids I would have conversation with him talk about fathering and when I began pastoring I went through situations and I called him and I spoke to him, and he just bring wisdom from heaven. And he's invested so much in me. Dwayne, you've invested so much in me. When he met me and what he's telling you, I was a broken kid from a broken family. I came to Jesus and moved to Tulsa, Oklahoma, knew nothing about anything and anybody. And I met him in a time in my life where I needed Friendship. I needed mentorship. I needed godly influence. He can speak of the influences of, of, of things that he had on me, and a lot of the stuff I had on him was the other way. I, I didn't know much. <laughs> but he's my dearest friend in the world. It's 23 years now we've been, been friends. And we've lived together, and we've worked together, and we've traveled together, and his family is my family. My family is his family. And coming back here is just sweet. It's just a sweet, sweet place to be, Brother Kerry. I've known all these years. Um, just so thankful to be here. And I'm thankful for what God has done in my life. I stand before you now, a, 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 I'm not ashamed to tell you, a very, very successful businessman. 
and a very successful family man and a very successful father. And if you knew where I come from, you would cry like I cried. Jesus, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I'm thankful to be married 18 years to my beautiful wife. That may, may not mean a lot to you, but to me, it, it does, because everyone in my entire family has been divorced. All my siblings. I'm the only one. Amen? Amen. I'm thankful for that. Thankful for what God has done. God is good. God is faithful. You know, it's, it, it, I was telling PD when we, he picked me up in the plane and I had a six hour delay on the, the, the flight, so I didn't get until almost two in the morning. And uh, it's a long difference with the time difference. We're total West Coast to East Coast. But um, I was telling him, it's something to live life where you've preached faith your whole life. But you're no longer preaching a message of, of, of faith in the expectation of it, living in it. You're living in it. The things you've thought. My stake of, of scripture that's been the mainstay of my life is Ephesians 3.20. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can hope, think, dream, or even imagine, the Amplified said. And I've staked my life off that. When it came to finding a wife, I said, God, she's got to be exceedingly abundant. But now we're the same. I said, God, my wife's got to, she's got to be Puerto Rican. That's all I know. That's all, I, that's all I've dated my whole life. She's got to be Puerto Rican. It's, it, it's got to be. <laughs> Dwayne said, she's got to sing me, to, she's going to sing me to sleep every day. That's, it's all right. You sing him to sleep every night? Is he? <laughs> that was his dream. When we had a church and we were looking for a building, I said, no, it's got to be exceedingly abundantly above, or it's not. So we'd see a building and say, this ain't it. When I bought my first house, it's got to be exceedingly abundantly above. What I've learned is, if you allow God to do it, He can do far greater than what you believe. We're limited in our capacity of belief. God sees beyond and knows you better than you can know yourself. When we moved to Arizona, we transitioned and moved to Arizona eight years ago. Total, complete step of faith. Total, blind, complete step of faith. People ask me, how did you end up in Arizona? I said, it was just God. I mean, we, we didn't have any. We knew God was transitioning us, and we were praying about Florida and Arizona. And it came, and we went to Arizona. Didn't know anything I knew of anything that was happening. And I ended up in Arizona, and I go, wow, this is, this is me. <laughs> the land of flip-flops and palm trees. This is my life. I've lived in cold my whole life. I've suffered. And I ain't suffered. I played football in 20 below zero. I, I, I worked construction in 20 below zero. This, this is my life. Thank you, Jesus. You, you know me. You know me. Amen. Never thought I would have five children. Greatest blessing in my life. My children are everything to me. God bless me with four daughters. I have four daughters and one son. So you beat me on that end. You got, you got two sons. But uh, God is faithful. He's good. He's so faithful. And I, I'm, a, I'm a broken person because one thing I've learned, and you know, Brother Hagen used to say this a lot. He used to say the more 
that I see what God has done or understand what he's done, the less I see I've done. The more he understood the grace of God and how God worked in his grace, the more he saw how little it was him that did what he's done. And I never understood that. And people would say, oh, look at what Brother Haken's done. And I would say, look what he's done. How could he not take acknowledgement for the things he's done? I live that today. I look at my life and I go, the things that God has done in my life has blown my mind. I would have never thought that I would live the life that I live today. Never in my wildest dream could I have imagined Growing up where I grew up, in the way I grew up, living the life I live today. Can't imagine. I talk to friends I grew up with, I literally can't almost relate to them because I live a life that I just, you don't even. Jesus. I, 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 I don't, it blows my mind. I, and I say that to testify to God. I wake up in my house and I wake up and I, how did I get here? My God. How did you, have you done what you've done? Jesus. It's just God. It's just a testament of me as humbly as I can, trying to follow him as great as I can and really eradicate every bit of fear to follow him and really obey. Amen. Amen. The more we obey, the more we follow him, the more God has for us. The craziest thing about being led, and this is kind of where I want a direction I want to go today, the more we are led by God, the greater we walk into the life He has for us. But here's the problem with most of us. When we pray for God's will and His direction in our life, we pray with almost a consideration of what we should do in light of what God's telling us to do. We're afraid almost. It's like the, the thought we have is if we truly follow God's will for our life, we're going to end up in a horrible place. Now, you're going you're gonna, to, the best life you could ever live is right in the middle of God's will. Amen. When you get into the middle of God's will, it's like you're in a bubble of what He intended you to be in, and every blessing from heaven flows from that place. You're just right in the middle of it. It's undeniable. I was telling that to PD on the, I said, I said, P, I can't tell you. It's like everything I touch just turns to gold. Glory. Everything I do, smallest decisions we make, just boom, that creates this, and this happens, and this happens, and growth. I said, just, we're just, we're in that pocket of blessings. God has a great will and a plan and purpose for all of our life, and it's finding that will. Amen. Let's look at a couple scriptures here. So thankful to be here. I will forewarn you. If you do hear anything you said, PD, say. <laughs> Just know he stole it from me. <laughs> so I'm forewarning you. Truth is, is we, we, we minister together and live together so long that we preached on top of each other, and we speak the same language. Yeah. I, I'm far, far aware they call me the white PD. <laughs> but this is my dearest brother, and I love him so. Turn to uh, Proverbs 21. I don't have a cute title, that's Dwayne's thing. 
Proverbs 21, verse 2. I want to speak to you from my heart. I want to talk to you about some of my journey the last few years and, and, and my life. Proverbs 21, verse 2, ESV version I have. It says, every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the heart. Every way of man is right in his own eyes. If you're taking notes, write this down. Our default instinct is a fundamental belief that we are right. Did you get that? Our default instinct is a fundamental belief that we are right. Here's the most dangerous thing, and this is, I'm going to draw a lot from my experience of, of the things I've been through. If you get that, that, that statement or that scripture, what it's saying is innately in all of us, in our thinking, we believe we're right. The error with that is when you think you're right, but you're really wrong, the definition of that is what? Deception. A lot of deceived people in the world, and I'm going to tell you, especially in the Christian world. Something that's very unique about my wife and I is that we've lived in multiple states. I've had multiple businesses. I've pastored. We've done everything you can imagine in ministry from leading worship to senior pastors start our own church from the ground up to youth ministry. To we, so we, and then we've walked away and have not been in a senior pastoral position. So our perspective is far different than most people. We see things from being in the thick of it and being our pastor. So let me briefly say this. <laughs> you need to thank God for your pastors. Okay. Pastoring is a dedication like nothing else. Okay. It is a sacrificial life of sacrificing your family and your children and your husband, your wife. Your whole livelihood is centered around the church. It is a very difficult thing. It is a calling. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Thank God that you have pastors that are dedicated to the service of that and that truly love God and love people. And that's the most important part. Pastoring is a tough gig. In the church world, everybody, it's the, it's the epiphany of what you get to and arrive to is being a senior pastor. Listen, don't covet the desire of being a senior pastor. Right. It is rough. Okay. You are setting a platform where everyone judges you, everyone looks at you, everyone judges you, your wife, your family, your kids, what you do, how you say it, what you did. Everybody's opinionated. Everybody has something to say. Everybody's vying to try to push and pull and steer the direction of the church. They feel the church should go. It's a tough gig. Amen. Have mercy on your pastors. Love them. Embrace them. And I know you guys are good people because I know PD tells me and I understand what you guys have sacrificed, what you guys mean. To, to them in what you're doing. But it's, it's, it's a tough gig. But it's, it's a hard thing pastoring. Pastoring, I look at, it's kind of like being a doctor. A doctor, people come to you in their greatest time of needs and you give them everything you know to try to help them, knowing very well, many times they're going to walk out that door and not listen to a word you say. And then, in their greatest time of need, see, most people don't really follow God's plan direction. Most people uh, wait until the absolute chaos has happened and then turn to God. And by that time, 
it's almost too late in many situations. God's always going to be merciful, always going to be gracious. Will he do it? Yes, he will. Will he come in? But listen, God's will is that we proactively get to a place of following him. Faith is proactive. Success comes from being in a place of proactivity, not reactivity, reacting to your circumstance, being proactive. When we are led by God and following his path and go his route of wanting to follow his plan for our life, he will require you to walk in faith. But true faith is being proactive in your thinking. Proactive. And I'll tell you, having the perspective that I've had and seeing it in the business world, seeing it in the church world, there's a lot of confused people in the church, especially in the faith churches. Because they're misplaced their faith for what's really happening in their life. There's almost this innate thing that happens that they fail to start looking truly at their circumstances. And here's the thing about life. <laughs> Nothing changes till you really change it. You're sick of your health. You're sick of being sick. You're sick of having physical things happen. It's really not going to change. So you get to the point and go, I got to change it. And you start going to God and you start getting the information and you start getting the knowledge and you put out the money to get a trainer. You, yeah. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Your financial situation won't change until you literally look at it and go, done. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's where I was. I've been self-employed 22 years. My goodness. Wow. Seven years ago, I was in a position where I was like, what is going on? <laughs> I got four kids. Went through this massive change in the economy. Mm-hmm. And where am I at? And I had to reflect. Put the mirror on me. Mm-hmm. It ain't just the economy. Yeah. I've made decisions that put me in the position where I could not weather this. Because if it was God, and I follow God, he would have led me proactively mm-hmm. through this. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you believe like I believe. But I know God good enough to know that. God will lead you proactively. Yes. And the church has to get to the place where it is moving now proactively. Mm-hmm. Out of the realm of just faith. Mm-hmm. When you hear the word faith, I want you to think two things. It's either the hoping and praying faith or the faith that compels you to action. Because true faith is compelling people to action. What's the the great chapter in in, in Scripture, Hebrews 11, speaking about faith? Now faith is of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. Faith is the foundational thing. It's a foundation of the things you're hoping and believing for. But as you go on, it starts giving us examples of what faith is. Now I want you to think about this. First thing it starts talking about is Noah. It says, Noah, by faith, what did he do? He built the ark. He proactively begin acting upon something he knew God was speaking him that a flood was coming. Proactively, he was doing something. Mm -hmm. Yet most of the church today, how's your health? How's your finances? How's your marital status? How are your children? It's we're hoping and praying faith. Mm -hmm. It's we're, we're believing God for that one day it will come. Now, don't get me wrong. Faith is a process. Believing God is a process. 
As I said, in me, in, 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 in business, it's been 22 years I, I've been in business. I had highs, I had lows. Dwayne's seen me through it all. I, he's seen the journey I've been through. It's taken years, 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 faithfulness, working, learning, struggling, growing, failing, over and over and over again, making dumb decisions, hiring dumb people, living a stupid life. Making dumb financial decisions. Amen. Are you, everybody with me? Can we all relate? We're all in the same world, right? And striving and finally learning something and grasping something and taking that and apply it and apply it and then grasping something. But here's the thing is the church I want you to hear, and this is my heart today, is the church needs to change from its mentality of just faith and hoping and praying. I'm a faith person through and through. You don't hear. But here's the thing. we got to get past this into it to a, a, an action. What is your faith taking you to? What action is God requiring of you? Because to make it in this world system and to make it in this world, you've you got to have information. You've got to have knowledge. You've got to have abilities. You've got to be able to do something. You've got to be able to produce something. You've got to be able it, it takes knowledge. How I've grown in business is because I've had to apply myself to the things I didn't know. The weaknesses I had, I either had to hire people who, I didn't, who knew more than I did and, and delegate and learn delegation and then trust delegation, fail in delegation, and do it all over again and keep learning. <laughs> and keep growing and keep growing in knowledge. The things that I struggled and I didn't know, I need to learn. I need to learn more about this. I need to more, learn more about the financial end. I need to learn more about uh, mortgages and lending and HELOC loans. And Do you hear me? Yeah. The knowledge has to be there. And when the knowledge comes and the action's there, you start growing. God starts putting all the little pieces together. Now you're, you're equipped, you're skillful. When I was pastoring, I preached probably a three-month series on wisdom. The wise man and the fool, like Proverbs talks about. Wisdom, wise man and the foolish man. You know what wisdom literally means? It means to be skillful. To be skillful. We live in an era, and, 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 and hear my heart in this. We live in a day and age where we live in the technology and knowledge age. Now notice the word knowledge, because knowledge is different than wisdom. Google is knowledge. Okay? We live in the world of just Google it. And if we Google it, we're good. Google is knowledge. Okay? What did you learn in church today? Google is knowledge. <laughs> okay? God gives wisdom and discretion. Wisdom comes from being skillful and doing and applying what knowledge you have learned. As you gain knowledge, you apply that knowledge and you become skillful. When you have a doctor, when you have a physician, what do they do? They go to school for some of them eight years, ten years, depending on what their particular uh, um, skill is. When they're out of school, what do they do? They just show up and start working on you. No, they go into an internship. They start becoming practicing in the practice of taking the knowledge they've learned and of physically applying it. And what does that bring? Wisdom. I learn how to wisdom and bring together and, and make decisions. But going back to the scripture here, here's the problem. And church folk do it more than anyone. We think we know we're right. We believe we're right. We read that scripture. Hear that point. 
Man's ways are right in their own eyes. Our, dis- our instinct as people is, we think we're right. Married people say amen to that. Amen. <laughs> Why do husbands and wives fight? Because you think you're right, and she thinks you're right. All the time. Right? And then when you get married, and you've been married a long time, like 18 years, you go, I'm not right all the time. I'm pretty bullheaded and stupid, actually. And uh, my wife helps me out a lot. Amen. Because wisdom comes from getting beaten over the head with stupidity and dumb decisions. Amen. We have fun today? Amen. Wisdom comes. Direction comes. Knowledge comes. But we think we're right. So let me give you my experience. What happened to me is, like I started to say, I fell into this position where basically all the business, all the things I've done, I'm literally starting over. I'm 35 years old at this time. This was six years ago. (laughs) And I'm in a position where I had, I'm telling you, I called a midlife crisis. I was in a place of, I had four children at the time. I'm in a new city and I am literally starting over. And I'm praying and I'm going, God, everything in me is reflecting on everything that I know. Is this, is it truth? What is truth? What do I know? What do I hold as truth? Lord, what, what is real? What do you want me to do? Do you want me to go to school? Do you want me, what do you want me to do? Praying, 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 coming from a position. And this message is what God began speaking to me. You've got to learn that when opportunity comes, your first instinct don't rely on it. Did you hear that? Now, I'm going to be very careful in clarifying that, especially in the church, because people hear that and they want to throw their mind right out. This is not a message of throw your mind out and live by faith. This is a message of you need to learn the pride that's in us in the people, as people and how our instinct is to first initially believe in every circumstance that we are right. Our thinking is right. And what I learned in business is this. When opportunity comes, my first instinct says do this and I need to learn to go, no, no, no. Don't think that way. Don't think that way. Now is this scripture? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge Him (laughs) in all your ways. Sorry, it was a trick question. And He will direct your path, right? Don't acknowledge. Hey, hey, listen. He said, listen, don't, don't lean to your own understanding. We are limited in our understanding. I've been saved this many years. I've had all that. Hey, what I've greatest asset I've learned in myself is this is limited. There's far greater inside me than, God, than, than what this brain says and how my mind thinks. And I'm sorry, I'll speak for the men right now. We're full of pride. Yes, we are. <laughs> and know that the women are preaching back there. They're, they're we testifying. Said we are. Full agreement. Full agreement from the back of the house. 
Our nature, now understand this, our nature created us that way. Our nature is that way. We have men, God has created us to survive and warrior and be warriors. So in that we are created to lead, make decisions, do it, get it done. Psychology will tell you people don't like correction because innately our thinking is when we are corrected, basically it, it creates an emotional response. But the Bible said a wise man heeds correction. They, they, they want to they receive correction. The more I've grown in life, I've learned correction's your best friend. You need to be corrected. We need correction. We need to learn. And when we hear correction in the church, we think negative, wrong. No, good. Good. Whom the Lord loves, He chastens. He corrects them. He shows them when they're in error. There's a lot of wrong thinking. Amen? A lot of wrong thinking that we have as a church and in the body of Christ. A lot of wrong things in our perception towards God. God's will is good. Can we say amen? God's will is good. Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper, that you may be in health even as your soul prospers. God's will is good. Jesus went about doing good, healing. What did he do? He did good works. God's will for your life is good. Amen. Amen. I don't care what your circumstances today. God's will is good. He's trying to get you to a good place. But here's what I'm going to tell you today. It's going to require wisdom. Wisdom is work. It's going to require you to get wisdom and skillful in their knowledge of how to do things and get where God has you to do. You can't trust this. Your brain will consistently get you in the way and you can spend 40 years in the desert going around in circles. Thinking, I got it. I got it figured out. I know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. We're going the right direction. Mm -hmm. Am I speaking to people here? Yeah. The, the faith world, it, it, this is very dangerous in the faith world. Yeah. Because this is what's happening a lot in the faith world. In the faith world, we're, I mean, I, when the days we started, now we went to places where you couldn't say you went to Ramah. Yeah. You couldn't say you knew, you, you believed anything. <laughs> you just showed up and preached faith. And people, oh, your message is so much different. We're preaching faith. We're not telling you we're preaching anything or where we're from. We're just preaching faith. But nowadays the world has changed. Now it's the self-help world. Now everybody's preaching positivity and happiness. And just be positive and just believe and fake it till you make it. But it's dangerous. It's dangerous because that's leaked into the church in so many ways. And that realm of faith, it's been so misconstrued of understanding of what real faith is. Faith is action. Yeah. That, that's all faith is. I believe, therefore, it has caused me to act. Yes. I'm yes. doing yes. something. Yes. Yes. I'm not just hoping and praying. If you say you're believing God for something in your life, and you cannot tell me here are the corresponding actions that I have according oh, to this belief, wow. you're in total disbelief. Oh, and yes. you are deceived. Completely, totally deceived. I'm doing something about my health. Are you eating right? Are you exercising? Are you learning about counting calories? You learn about nutrition? Hey. Come on now. Hey. 
I'm preaching for wisdom. I'm preaching myself. I've been skinny as a pole. Dwayne and I had challenges of fasting when we were in our 20s. You see pictures of us, and it was who had the bigger, big Adam's apple. We were skin and bones. I've been skin and bones my whole life, but hey, I turned over 38, 40 my whole life, and what I've been doing, working construction, doing things, changed. My whole metabolism changed. My health changed. Started having issues. Still having a lot of different things. I had to change. I had to learn counting calories. I had to learn. I got to get exercise. I got to get this body moving or my body's going to shut down. I beat my body to death. Three-sport athlete, construction my whole life. I've got three herniated discs. I've had to, I've had to apply faith to it. But that faith is required action. Amen. Am I speaking something today here? Faith, it requires action. Your financial situation needs to change. God's going to require. You say, how'd you get where you get? You know where I got where I get? Uh, first of all, we got out of debt. First thing, okay. We ate ourselves some Dave Ramsey. Amen. And we got out of debt. Then we lived way below our means. In a tiny little house with my, my four kids at the time. Before we had our fifth, she was born right at the end. We're still living in that house. Well beneath our means. And we saved $100,000. Yes. Come on. Yes. Okay. This is real. Let's talk real. Just two weeks ago, I had somebody that used to go to our church came and visit us in Arizona, and she's doing different things, different stuff's going on in her life and business and real estate. And she's in that mentality, what a lot of believers do. They assume the will of God. I assume this is what God's telling me to do. Because if this star aligns and this star aligns and this star aligns, then God's going to do this and God's going to do this. And I think God's speaking over here. And I went, whoa, 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 whoa. That ain't faith. Let me tell you what faith is. Stay in the job you're at right now and save some money. Amen. So when you launch this business, you can actually launch it. That's right. Wisdom. The church needs to get back to wisdom. You know, that's God's ultimate plan. Wisdom. Do you hear me? His plan is not... Let's pray and Jesus just lead us every day of our life. His plan is we get wisdom. Mm -hmm. With all I get and get wisdom. Mm -hmm. Wisdom. Wisdom is the thing. Turn to Romans 12. Let me see if I can find this. Romans 12, uh, verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Let me stop there for a second. You're either doing one of two things in your life. You're either conforming to the world or you're transforming. There is no middle place. There is no neutral. You are either conforming to the world. And here, let me give you a great revelation. The only thing you have to do to conform to this world is nothing. You live in this world, so you're conforming to it. That's why the Bible's instructing, saying, 
don't be conformed to the world because you live in the world. We're in the ocean. And God's saying, uh, don't get wet. We're in the ocean. We're in the world. We're conforming to it daily. He's saying, don't be conformed. you got to conform. The only way you're not conforming to this world is what? Renewing this. Changing this mind. Renewing your mind. So he says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That by testing, what does that mean? Trial. That means trying and failing. By testing, by trial, you may discern what is the will of God. What is good, acceptable, and perfect. So God's will is that we have the ability to discern His will. Now, this is, this is where the church goes wrong. You say, okay, why, why are these people in the world all being successful? Well, I've been, I'm around a lot of them. You know why they're successful? Because they're working and using their brain and getting skills right. and working yeah. hard. Right. <laughs> and the church is over here <laughs> on the fence <coughs> praying about God's will. Yes. <laughs> Believing good. it's going to change one day. We believe in God's going to do it. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, somebody hear me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. God's will is we grow, we get wisdom, yes. and we make right decisions. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody hear me this morning. Yes. Yes. We make right decisions. We have the ability to discern. When you get in this mode, it's something. You know, I talk to people and say, that there's, it's just a knowing. You know, when opportunity, when things come, when things happen, I don't have to sit and just pray for hours about God's will. I, I discern, I know. I, I, I've trained myself and continue to train myself to years for number one, not follow my first instinct. To go, okay, God, I don't know about this. My mind says this. That's how I speak to God. My brain says this. My first instinct says, do this. But Lord, I got to think about this. A lot of faith is, is patience. If you know me personally, my wife will tell you. <laughs> I'm one of the most patient people you ever meet. I will sit on things. Opportunity comes, things happen. I sit on them. My wife would be going, what are you doing? Yeah. Go. Like, no, no, it's not time. And when opportunities come, there's certain things, opportunities, where I know it's time now, I've got to go. The life of faith is a life of being proactive. Proactive. I'm going to say that and repeat that because that is a, a key, key point of what I know God's trying to say. We as the church got to get out of the realm of belief and hope and praying mm -hmm. to the realm of proactivity. Where I began and really became set, more successful in business growing was when I learned about being proactive. When I really started thinking, anticipating what was happening. 
See, success in life, success in ministry, in, in, in your family, in any arena, it comes from living in a realm of anticipating. You hear me? Thinking. That's the attribute when I preached on wise and a foolish man. A wise man thinks in the future, thinks in the advance. Proverbs gives us a scripture, right? It says, consider the ant, right? In the winter, in, in, in the summer is what? Preparing for the winter. It's wisdom. Attribute of wisdom is always proactively thinking in the future. But it says a fool heedlessly does whatever he wants to do. Does, has no thought or, thought or intention towards the future at all. You're not thinking about, I need to do this now. But God's wisdom and his leading will get you in a place of being proactive. Proactive. All of us live in a different, we live in different cities. We, live, we work in different professions. We do different things. We would be ignorant to not have to look at the circumstance of what we live in. And say, what discern? What are the things I need to do to make it in life, in business, in my marriage? Our marriages aren't all the same. There's a whole lot of things that I've had to learn uh, how to be a husband. <laughs> Isn't that the main instruction the Bible gave us as husbands? It's like, know your wife. Yeah. You better know your spouse with understanding, the scripture said. Yes. My wife's not normal. None of our wives are normal. <laughs> Puerto Ricans, you got a little different blood. She's a fire, fireball. They learn how to weather the storms. <laughs> Amen. What is this? What am I doing wrong? Where's all this emotion coming from? Amen. God is good. <laughs> You guys receiving something this morning? Amen. How much time we have, PD? You can leave. You can go to your wedding. <laughs> write down a couple scriptures. I am like PD in that I will give you a lot of scriptures to write down. So I gave you Proverbs 21, 2. Proverbs 16.2 says, All the ways of man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs or tries the spirit. That was, that was Proverbs 16.2. Proverbs 16.25 says, There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. So here's a question I want to pose. If we don't lean on our own understanding or our own belief, what do we lean on? Very important. And say that again. The scripture just said, right? We read, we, we, I quoted it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not. Lean not. If we don't lean on our own understanding, what do we lean on? The word, yeah. Let, let, let's, let's, I'm, I'm going I'm to clarify here because this is something that I, I really want to leave you with. In the church realm, we think all we can lean on is Jesus and His Word. The Bible said don't lean on your own understanding. Acknowledge Him 
in all your ways. Acknowledge Him. This goes back to what I talked about earlier. So much of us, uh, we as people, don't acknowledge God. How many of us pray God's will? God, give me your will, and we're basically putting it over here on the consideration. We already have in our mind what decision we're making. Am I speaking to someone this morning? Do we do, we do this? Oh, I'm praying about this, and you, but you've already made up your decision. I could tell you 10 stories right now. This, this happened to me in life and business even before we started the church. Before we started the church, I met with one of the instructors we had at Raymond who had just started a church. And he gave me phenomenal wisdom. Didn't do none of it. Because I had already started this direction. This happened to me in business multiple times where I've gotten direction. Someone gave me wisdom. Didn't do none of it. Amen. So what, what do we, if we're not leaning, what's the other thing? This, this, this is a key, key point. Key, key point. Turn, turn over to Proverbs real quick. I want to, key, key point. What do we lean on? Proverbs 12, look at verse 15. It says, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. A wise man listens to advice. Another scripture, Proverbs 15, 22. Without counsel, plans fail, but with many advisors, they succeed. Proverbs 20, verse 18. Plans are established by counsel, by wise guidance, Wage war. Proverbs 24, verse 6. For by wise guidance you can wage your war, and in abundance of counselors there is victory. Oh, hear me this morning. Church, we've missed this. If you want to get some of the greatest ability to hear quickly and learn and grow and get wisdom, it's from getting it from people who are above you. Everything I've done in business, to date I've had almost six different type branch in the same different fields here of business. Every one of them, I've gone to people who were successful in that field and got, got information for. Right now as I speak, we're going to another realm and I meet with a gentleman that's 87 years old and counsel with him because he has already gone the path that I'm going. In the professional world, they've learned this. They've, they, they've developed in this. I've got two, two friends that I know that are in the sports realm. They're chaplains. They do it for me. Major chaplains, major uh, sports, Major League Baseball, NFL, they literally staff chaplains spiritual advisors because they've understood the need that these people can't keep their heads straight and play right if we don't have coaches for them. Wow. In the business world, I know people who spend hundred dollars to $200,000 a year on coaching. All they do is get counsel from people who are specifically in one arena that they need to learn and be coached on to advance in their businesses. But in the church world, we just... We, we got the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Hear me. 
That's in, in most churches, that's a blasphemous statement. Like, oh, we'll talk about the Holy No, the, the Holy Ghost, what does the scripture say? He will lead you and guide you into all truth. Yeah. Yeah. But you got to get the truth. Yeah. And where you get that truth, you, you, you're going to have to get it from somebody, something. You're going to have to gain knowledge. You're going to have to go get something. We need mentorships. We need to get past the levels of pride and thinking we know and learn from people who are down the path of where you're at. If I need help with my health, hey, listen, I need to go see somebody who knows about nutrition. I need to go see somebody who knows about training. They know more. Yes. The most ignorant thing on the planet <laughs> is this. We live in the day of Google. I have a contracting company. I'm a general contractor. I'm a builder. We go to people's houses and people will stand there and tell us what we need to do because they've watched a video on YouTube. <laughs> and I walk over there and go, we've been doing construction for 20 years. Listen, the scripture said knowledge puffeth up. We live in the information era. People think they know things because they can Google it. Ignorance. Now apply that to your own life. How much do we do that? Hey, I need to do this. Let me Google it. I get my information from the Google God. <laughs> the Google God. The Google God. It's only knowledge. We need wisdom. We need counsel. We need mentors. I challenge you, pray, pray, pray that God bring and you seek out mentors in your life. Amen. You want to be successful? Write down what areas your life you need help in and pray for God to bring you, mentor, bring you mentors and seek after mentors and don't be afraid to spend money to get counsel. If your marriage is struggling, go get counsel. That's right. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Go see a counselor. Amen. 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 Yeah. If your finances are struggling, get some knowledge. Yes. Get some direction. Yes. Start looking at things you're afraid to look at. Start taking care of the things you should be taking care of. If you need health, you need... Listen, we, we, we only know what we know. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's all we know. The most successful people that I've seen and been around, if you saw the inner workings of their life, it's unbelievable. How I've become successful, my life is regimented. I've had a regiment in my life. My time. <laughs> it's regimented. I, ha I, I have to run a routine, a regimen of what I do on schedule, on time, discipline, discipline. I used to call that the Christian curse word, discipline. <laughs> We're called disciples, right? What, what is a disciple? Discipline follower. The church has gotten lazy. The church has gotten spiritual. Everybody, you... you you follow me. Is this good this morning? You're receiving something. You're hearing. Amen. All of us need something. Yes. 
You focus on your finances for years, God will start moving in it. Yeah. In the middle of that, you're going to see, oh, okay, now my health's not doing well. Okay, now I, I need to pull some attention over here. Okay, now I've been neglecting my kids over here a little bit, my time with my kids. I'm telling you my life. Okay, now I've got to balance back over here. Okay, now this has been neglecting my wife. Okay, you got to balance over here. I got to focus on this. How can I regiment my life to discipline and, and follow in these areas and see God move in them? Oh, do you hear me this morning? You hear my heart this morning? This is real. This is real life. This is real wisdom. This is real direction that God has for us. This is the real deal of what God's going to say when you really get in there and pray. He's going to say, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're not going to pray. God, he's helping us that he's not going to go, well, you got to go do this. It ain't just going to happen. It doesn't just, anybody have that It just happened one day for you? No, it doesn't. I didn't become where I'm at right now because it just happened one day. I had guys that work for me and, and, and it's like, yeah, I've been doing this for 23 years, man. 23 years. <laughs> I've been doing this. I've, I've had to save this money. I've had to do this. I've had to buy all these assets. I've had to get all these things in order. I've had to go get this licensing. I've had to go get, I've had to do all of this. Put all that together and God works. Amen. Amen. Did you receive this morning? Yes. Our time is good, right? We're, we're up. Let's stand for a moment. I just want to, want to pray for you. Father, I'm just so thankful for my family here, my brother. I'm thankful for your grace, your mercy. I thank you, Father, that in every circumstance, in every situation, as your scripture said, wisdom is crying out. From the streets, wisdom is crying out. Lord, your, your heart is that we would all see, we'd all understand, we'd all know what your will is and we'd walk after it, we'd live it. I pray today that, Father, we would not be hearers only of your word, but we would be doers. I pray that through your spirit, Father, you would reveal a plan for all of us. None of us are, are sitting on a high place of living in, in, in ease. All of us have struggles. All of us have circumstance. All of us have things that we need your help. We need your wisdom. We need your direction. We need you, Lord. Father, forgive us for thinking we're right in our own eyes. Th forgive us for living in a place, living in a place of pride, living in a place of justification, justifying our action by our belief. Father, we stand before you today and, I, and we pray. Father, let our hearts be humble and ready and supple to your direction, your will, your plan. Let us begin thinking proactively in our thinking towards your will, towards your direction. Father, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you that your grace and mercy carries us and sustains us and compels us and pulls us and pushes us through life. We thank you, Father, for your love and your direction and your patience, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your patience with us. Father, we bless you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. 
That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His Word. God bless you.